Hello, everybody. Welcome to Optional Opinion. I'm your host, Eddie V. Thank you guys for joining me. Have a very, very special guest. I finally have him on the show. I've been wanting him to come on, and he has made time to come on the show. I'm super excited, super stoked. Uh, I have been on his show in February, so do check out that episode where me and my special guests talk about She's a Race 2, religion, and just a whole bunch of other things. Everybody, please welcome the one, the only, Mr. Sean Capri. You are overselling it, man. You know me and compliments and positivity. I don't I don't like it. Uh, uh, it's not good, man. But I, you know, you, I'm glad that you mentioned that because we did have a really great episode. We had a great chat together, you yes. and I. And I need to have you back on the show because I know we're going to have we're going to have some, an amazing chat today. But, you know, I feel like we just barely scratched the surface when you were first on with the GamerCast. So thank you for that great introduction, man. I'm stoked to be here. Oh, I, I've been oh, I'm so happy. Yes, everybody. <laughs> uh, he also hosts uh, Xbox, Xbox Drive and other podcasts. He's on Mixer streaming. Uh, just he's busy. <laughs> very, very busy. <laughs> and I love his content. So if you guys Thanks, are. man. If you guys love his content, go subscribe to him. Read the Gamecaster. I think uh, uh, what's the what's the home base of it? Is it we the, the nerdy? Is that the home? Yeah, base? man. We yeah, the man. We the nerdy dot mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So the reason I brought Sean on because I I've been just like you know what I had to get him on for this con- for this discussion because I kind of asked him a question earlier for Xbox Drive. And I've been asking a lot of people random different questions. But this one I wanted to bring him on because I want to get his perspective. I've been talking about mature games. And I asked him, why do mature games bore us now? And what I mean mean as in bore is just like, it's kind of just, it feels tiresome in a sense. And I don't know why it's happening, but I kind of felt like definitely if we're going to ask this, I'm going to ask this question a little bit later on. But like something about E3 and it just makes it feel like mature games is kind of bored and dumb. So I want to ask you, uh, Sean, before we get into that, I'm sorry, can I ask you a question? Can you give our listeners some gaming history about yourself? Oh my gosh, that's a that's a left turn. Okay, yeah, absolutely, man. I could go on and on. Okay, where there's so much history. I'm gonna start with the fact that my parents did not allow us to have a console in the house. There were four kids, and uh, we, we the only real video gaming thing in the house was a was a PC, and it was for homework. Like we had, it was back in the late '80s, early '90s. My dad came home with this computer, and it could play Pac-Man. And that was like the gaming thing. He fired this thing. It was a 386. It had 12 megahertz. If you hit the turbo button at 25. Mm-hmm. And so that was sort of like the introduction of trying to always compete with the console. Cause my neighbors had all the, like it was polar opposite. They had every single system. They had game gear, Sega, NES, all everything and all the games. And we were just over here trying to upgrade our computer piece by piece, trying to make sure that it could play like Warcraft two and <laughs> command and conquer. We had some crappy ports of like mega man was on there and stuff like that. So like in my household, I was playing on PC and eventually had, I think we played some of the greatest games ever made, um, like Half-Life and MechWarrior 2 and some of those games. Um, but all I wanted to do was just have the simplicity of the consoles. You know, I, I remember classic fights of Half-Life versus Goldeneye and, of course, Half-Life 
was better. I think that one has actually stood the test of time. I'm just kidding. I'm just trolling a little bit. Uh-oh. Um, but yeah, man, I, I've always just really been enthralled with like even the notion that something on a TV screen that was there for television and program and, and things that you put your VCR in and stuff like that, that you could interact with it. Like that always just totally mesmerized me. And uh, even the notion of like streaming today, I have really basic roots in the fact that my neighbor and I would we would hook up our uh, or his I guess NES or Super Nintendo to a VCR and we would record gameplay man and we would use that for all sorts of different like content creation so so I was all over the place man oh dude it was crazy we would record like you there's this thing on Windows called 3D Movie Maker and Uh you could just you could just make up your own stuff you could have like characters with their own animations but you could insert your own shapes and stuff and my neighbor was so prolific with it that he could make it look like a guy was holding a gun and then he would insert sound effects from GoldenEye into it. He would, he would hook up his 64 to his computer and record all the sound, like short blasts or like long gunshots. And he would import that into the movies, man. So like we were all into it, dude. It was, we were all over the place, but I've always really, really had a special place in my heart for gaming, dude. So I could go on and on, but that, cause that's a very loaded question. It depends on what part of my life, you really want to dive into gaming because there's there's various chapters that they're very different, man. Even looking back at you, like behind you, NHL 16, there's a whole yeah. period of just NHL in my life and some period where it's just Call of Duty. And well, yeah, now it's now it's it, all over the place. Everybody is from Canada. Canada. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, hockey is their kind of sport. Uh, yeah, you don't really have a choice. Like that's not we're almost not worth mentioning. It's like we knew we knew that. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Well, thank you, Sean, about some of your gaming history. Uh, if you guys check out his podcast, We the Gamer, uh, We the Gamer Cast, you can hear probably more history and great discussion with various guests and about Sean's like very own life. Like it's very interesting just having those talk is. And kind of reflecting on your past and your present. It's it's, it's so good. But we're going to get into this week's topic. So um, what do mature games have that make them appealing to me? Like, what do you think it is about a mature game that just gets people riled up? Mm. I think it. I, I'm, it's funny because I think it it locks into the, your first question about gaming history, where we were just playing boops and bops and and think like, especially when you think about like Pong and where games came from, was very basic and innocent of just like trying to make these things work. And then Mario comes along and he's he's happy and it's just it's colorful and everything. And we that we were really overloaded with a lot of that uh, for the for the first number of years of a lot of our gaming lives. So I think for the reason that mature games seem to get us titillated is because it was doing something that hadn't been done in games before we had thought that we had seen like the box of games where it was like arcade games and fighting games and then that was it and then for games to sort of like look more like movies and explore all these different themes we were maybe we had this overcorrect correction where we thought okay all the stuff we knew in the past is garbage and all this new stuff which is mature and has like adult themes and looks like a movie that's the new definition of gaming so we had this like weird thing that we shouldn't really have done that and maybe we still do maybe that's what we're trying to explore here today but i think that's why man i think mature games was this new frontier that we weren't expecting to explore in gaming it's that transition from what we had back in the past into what is present because i think for a lot of people even for teenagers and kids 
if they understood how mature games cause so much controversy from arcade to now, I think they probably will understand it a little bit better. Like it's not just guns and blood. It's mm-hmm. deeper than that. Like, you know, when, when the Senate hearing happened with night trap and stuff and how Mortal Kombat played a part of in, in Sega having their own renaissance. It's just like there's history behind that that so many young people don't know. They should mm-hmm. see that, oh, I'm good at Call of Duty, so it's an M-rated game and my mom let me play it. Bam. That's all I know. That That's what makes it appealing. I can do it with my friends online. Ed, man, this is this is a very layered topic. I'm so glad. Like, I feel very fortunate to be on here with it. And I hope I don't want to. I don't want to overcomplicate oh, things no, here. No. But like, here's I want to break it down like this a little bit because I yes. think that there's so much that's going on in our psyche when you talk about mature games. I think there are things where I think I was leaning more towards like the uh, adult theme, even like Metal Gear Solid. I would say is like mature, but uh-huh. it's not necessarily like. But it's weird, like it's super strange. It's, but it's, then you're talking about like guts and gore, like Grand Theft Auto, and it taps into this part of the brain where we shouldn't be doing this because it's wrong, because it's bad, and our parents said that this is not what we should be doing. So you kind of get this sneaky aspect into like i just want to try and see if i can get away with playing this game yes which i think is super interesting and see and that's the thing and that's why i I talk about the history i'm uh you know i mentioned the history it's because mature games back in the past had one outlook now mature games have separated to i was thinking about this today i was like it's kind of three things what mature games are like number one you got uh adult you got themes you know you got stuff with diversity discrimination racism mm-hmm. you know just a, a lot of stuff that could affect the culture you know horizons and Madonna is a great is a great example and then you got the well known blood and guts and stuff and violent things so like gears of war or not mm-hmm. so much Grand Theft Auto, but like God of War stuff, like and, Doom and Doom and stuff. And then you got like the crude humor, the sarcastic stuff, like South Park or Saints yep. Row the Third and stuff. You, you, Mature Games has separated in almost three parts and three categories that you could fill in it. Mm-hmm. So when people think of mature games, they go for the violent and gore ones. But I'm like, there's so much more, and it's kind of weird that. Like, you focus on Gears of War, but did you ever look at Heavy Rain and how that touches on having a child and how that affects the psyche of a adult human and what mm-hmm. they got to go through? Yeah, it's a video game, but, you know, what would you do if your child got taken away and you was given these tests? I mean, it's... I'd probably hit X to yell his name over and over again. <laughs> Jason! <laughs> Jason! <laughs> so... It, it's kind of it, it's it's weird just on how the transition evolved, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're gonna get we're gonna get a little bit more into that. Um, have they become too predictable when it comes to mature a mature game? Like, if you see it, you pretty know what you'll be able to do and what the game is gonna be about. Like, they can have all the PR speak they want to, but it's you know that this is the title, blood and guts, and you know what you're going to do. You got a sword and demons. Like, do you feel like that a lot of mature titles are getting too predictable? I don't think so. I think when I first started to, when I, when you first sent me these questions and first started kind of brought up the theme, I thought like maybe, 
Because I think that, but I think what we've already done is started to like strip away the different pieces and layers of what it means to be a mature game. So mm-hmm. I think even just with that aspect, and I, with the sort of the three, I think those are three basic pillars that most people can can agree upon. With that, I think no, I think that we every one of those kind of paths will show us different content. Now there is this weird thing that's happening right now with the last of us two being, you know, the blood, it's kind of mixing in the, maybe two of those where it is bloods, bloods, guts and gore yeah. uh, coupled with like, what do like the whole zombie apocalypse thing of what do humans do to each other when society falls apart? Like, I don't think that that's, um, I don't think that that's boring. Actually. I think that they, they're still kind of exploring game makers are still kind of exploring what new stories can be told there but i think what we're really getting at here with this kind of question is like when we go back and play a game like yoshi's woolly world or something like mario odyssey like there's there's this still there's still this joy there so it's like when you find when you go back and play a game that's just pure fun you go why was i enjoying that mature game so much just now like that seems silly to me when all i want is this jovial experience Mm -hmm. and have mario do a triple jump and yell yahoo and all these other things so i don't know man i feel like there's definitely a time and place i know what i'm gonna do here is i'm gonna relate it to tv because in that area i'm with you i am i'm pretty much done with like the the shows that make me feel like garbage like, I don't want to watch a show and be like, what is the worst thing that the writers can come up to happen to these characters? I don't want any part of that. And so I guess if that's maybe where games are going or if I start to experience that a little bit too much with games, um, then I don't want any part of that. But I do feel like for some reason TV maybe is leaning too much into that, whereas games still has all the options I could ever want. If I and, and, of course, Nintendo being as prolific and successful as they are this year and the last year – there are more options outside of mature games, so I, I haven't really been burned on it. But have you been? Like, I don't, I don't know. I feel like you might just because you brought the topic. Um, I, I feel like the lack of creati- creativity and innovation that companies can do, and I, I feel like we have mature games, and I think what's preventing this creativity and this innovation is art, art right. styles. So, yeah, you got Yoshi Woody World. Can you do something darker with, and I'm saying not much for Nintendo, can you do something with Yarn? Can you do something with, uh, uh, well, we got like kind of like Limbo inside with a monochromatic mono, uh, look. But, mm-hmm. like, could you do something with, with, uh, with watercolors? Can you... Can you tell? Can you tell like a very depressing story? Like actually go into depression, not so much as like Hellblade, Suena, a sacrifice, but can you actually take like candy and use uh use like licorice and all that stuff and mm-hmm. make it like very depressing? You know, yeah, and, and I I think there's a couple of examples, man. I think this is a really that's a great observation of like the art styles of the past, even like pixel art, can those be yeah. used to tell like a depressing story? And I, like for me, Celeste is the game that comes up in, in response to that, where it absolutely tells this amazing. And if you want it, it's there. And if you don't want it, you really don't have to pay attention to it. Um, because I feel like some people play Celeste and because of the art style, they will completely miss the themes there. But it is, that game is very mature in its theme storytelling and even in its, its difficulty level. And then even watercolor, a game that I think of is Ori in the Blind Forest, which is again, Metroidvania, pretty difficult, um, gorgeous looking game. And 
absolutely mature in its themes. Like yes. you just play the first five, 10 minutes and you, you get a sense of what you're exploring here. So yeah, I think that that's actually why games are even more interesting than any other games medium is because things that you've seen, you think you know what you're looking at just like with a screenshot and then you dive into it and it's like, holy crap, man, who wrote this? <laughs> right. <laughs> what? Who hurt you? <laughs> right. And it's like, um, I was thinking of that can that dragon cancer. Yeah, man. How people were affected about uh, ch- you know, a man losing his child to cancer, and you know, like boundaries and stuff that we could cross. I think sometimes needs an art style to depict them. And I, but the sad thing about it, I think there's a lot of adult and some teen gamers who are not into that. And we're going to really address that with a particular game um, later on because I I think what this game got that people praise, mm-hmm. it's been missed in other games, and a lot of players won't go to it, go go and find out more. Um, but we're going to move on to the third question. Um, being desensitized to mature games happen over time. Is it because of fatigue of gameplay or content? I think I think it's we're actually going to be coming up on like an era of what we call mature games, mm-hmm. which are actually extremely immature. Like you, you mentioned, God of War now is a very different game. Now it's a very different mature game than it was yes. in the in the earlier PlayStation generations. Where, like I think of like a game like Duke Nukem or God of War or like these just total nonsense testosterone driven. Uh, shoot a dude in the in the torso and he explodes into 15 pieces and then he grabs a babe and just like grabs her boobs and we're like all these like that's not mature that was that was not kitty like it was sort of like it wasn't mario so i guess what else do we call it we call it mature so i think from that sense um yes we have been desensitized and almost bored with that level of of maturity if that's what we want to call it i think gears of war is another good example that we're starting to kind of we want more substance to our games and i think what that's going to end up doing is as a lot of games start to strive for that and achieve that it actually creates some room for some stupid old school nonsense games of that like it's just a matter of we want to make sure that the the games as a whole elevates we don't want to be yes. we don't ever want to feel stuck so if we start to feel fatigue or desensitization we show that we vote with our wallets and, and game makers actually take it to another level. And I feel like the last of us was one of the first to really take it to that next level. And we're still, gosh, was that game 2013? Five years later, we're yeah. still kind of like, we're still kind of realizing what impact that has had similar to what, um, breath of the wild will do to open world games. We're going to be realizing that in 2021, 2022 kind of thing. And it, it, well, it's funny that you mentioned the last of us, cause me and Josh Brent, we have an episode about heavy rain and we talked about The Last of Us, and I felt like the intro part to The Last of Us fails on so many levels, where where Heavy Rain feels more connected. And, you know, with him being a dad and stuff, it, it, it kind of just feel like you threw, us in a, you threw us in a setting that we have no idea what's going on. And when the girl gets shot and Joel, you know, Joel has her in her arms, it's just like, well, that doesn't make sense. How come she's shot but not him? Like, when did the bullet also go through him or something? And it just felt like, well, whatever. Where in Heavy Rain, you 
you build this relationship with your two kids. And what happens to uh, Jason with um, that leads into the game, that, I feel like that's more impactful. Like, that's more mature. And I think where we have content like that, I think we get to appreciate more mature stories and more mature games. And then, but then instead of just seeing something that feels like a showpiece as an intro. Hmm. Well, I, I don't know if we're even like, so I think there's, there's a couple of pieces to that argument that I'm not even sure. Cause I think whether, whether the entirety of this, the narrative in the last of us makes or is make, made or broken on that intro scene, I think is one thing, but I think overall, like, the relationship that he then has with Ellie afterwards and how it mirrors like or just reflects on what he wanted to do and overprotects Ellie because of his previous relationship with his with his daughter who died. Like, I think yeah. that that is I mean, that what the, I think the argument would be better placed as like, should should her death have been used? So maybe uh, it's maybe a two on the nose as used as a plot point to then move on to Ellie like that. I could, that I would, I would discuss, but I don't know about like what happened to the bullet or something like that as, as being, uh, making or breaking the last of us. But I, I'm, and the other part too is kind of comparing the two games, I think is maybe a little bit strange just because it, it can be, depends on what your connection to either game is, because yes. I think a lot of people can look at the last or a uh, heavy rain and think, I mean, the acting is not really all that good or like the everything is too coincidental or by the end, you don't really care. Like there are that's a whole other part of like what is your interaction with the game versus what is the theme and storytelling of the game? And I, I think maybe that's where we can connect on this is that maybe the, uh, it could be argued that Heavy Rain did a better job because you spent more time with your kids and then it is taken rather than it's all kind of happening in the in the early intro. Yes. Of of The Last of Us. But man, that's the whole part of it is that. Now with as we start as games start to mature, now we're having these conversations instead of did you know that Mario can like run on top of the bricks if you just like open it and and find the right place to jump in, you can skip to the end of the level. Like isn't that's a far cry, man, from the conversations we were having in the nineties, you know what I mean? It, it is so funny. I think Mario games are mature for adults. And the reason why I say that is that a lot of adults, some adults can't finish a Mario game and they cuss so much when they have to do a, <laughs> a level and they die and redo it. Like when Nintendo gives you a challenge, even though the the content of the game is E-rated, you as an adult kind of go like, hey, yo, and say some things that you're <laughs> just saying the wrong kids. And, uh, and. So uh, but we're going to we'll go on to the new question. Um E3 seems underwhelming for some. Can it be a lack of various rated titles? Um, A lot of people felt like this E3 was a big letdown just across the show. And we know there are a lot of games coming out in 2019. And a lot of what they show, like the big titles that they show were M-rated. Besides like Nintendo. You know, Damon X Machina is probably going to be teen. Uh, Smash Brothers going to be E or teen. Um, Super Mario Party is going to be like E. Where we have like The Last of Us 2, Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Sekiro. Like we have all of those games. They look great, but they but I'm like these games that look great and was talking about it just felt like people still came away from them underwhelmed. So do you think there should have been more variety in everybody's conference? I um, think what you're I think what you're actually talking about is 
is Sony's conference. I think that's really the problem is that you didn't have a lot of variety in there. And mm-hmm. and it's funny because and it ties into this topic too because I feel like games matured when the PlayStation came out. When people were playing Metal Gear Solid or Final Fantasy VII for the first time, like all of a sudden we were transported to a new level of storytelling. So it makes sense for Sony's E3 conference to be focused on their style of game and their their take on what games should be right now. And it's been like that for a number of years, and they've been refining that craft ever since 1997 or 1998, whenever the, the PS1 came out. So I think that that so with that I agree but aside from that I actually think Microsoft did an excellent job of showing games of all types of uh maturity levels difficulty levels or, that I can't, is it t- tunic or turic or the the fox tunic. that looks like tunic looks absolutely amazing yes. I think is a great example of of that I don't know man and and between Xbox and Nintendo I think there's there's a tremendous variety uh, smash is going to be absolutely enormous um, what is your take even like on, on Fortnite? Do you think, do you consider that mature? I feel like there's all the news going on you know, about, I think Fortnite is more team. Like, team yeah, me rated. too. Um, I think it gets mature when people maybe hack it or, you know, if you watch a uh, stream of, and they start cussing and saying some very racial things. Cause it, yeah, like yeah, streamers yeah. is, <laughs> I, I love my streamers. I respect them and everything. But I think sometimes if you're going to stream, know your audience and know that if you have anger management, do not stream at all. Stay off of stream. That's how that's how I feel it because I mm. feel like you're going to get out of pocket and blame the game for something that you did wrong. And so mm-hmm. now you're going to be on the line of saying something in the social media. Now your stuff could hit Twitter like that in an instant. We already got that dude talking about uh, Anita Sarkeesian and that insane mess. It's a whole different topic. But yeah, I didn't, stuff, I didn't even see the clip. <laughs> but stuff like that, it, once it hits social media, everybody's going to be talking about it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, man, I don't. I feel like I'm actually overwhelmed by E3. To be honest with you, there's too many games to even really remember. What the heck is that noise? That's. I'm sorry about that. Um, I feel like there's too many games to be honest, and but I do agree that maybe Sony's conference was too uh, narrowly focused. Yeah, I feel like like I I love this year's E3 just like like I love everybody's E3. I think there was uh, so many games brought to so many players. Everybody did a good job, but had some fears. I think, and I still feel like this. I think Bethesda did the worst this year, and because just the waiting around looking for claps, the jokes that Ty Howard tried to not Ty Howard, uh the one guy for Fallout tried to tell and it's just like the stuff that they presented didn't look amazing or want to be like, Oh, I need this. It's like, no, you you said some stuff, had Andrew WK make a song and then what about your press conference that didn't really show me anything. But Ed, like look at Ubisoft's conference, man. Like that alone kind of addresses even the concern here about mm-hmm. uh, various rated titles, man. They open with Just Dance. They've got that Starlink game in there. They've got Odyssey, um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, a new pirate game coming out. Like they are that I really, really respect what Ubisoft is doing. They have found just a way to do do it all. It seems so. My answer is uh, that is not underwhelming. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's uh, great. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we're going to move on. Uh, Mortal Kombat was a bit influenced for mature content. 
uh, but it didn't increase violence or a rise in martial arts. What mature games have kept the interest of players? Um, so Mortal Kombat back in the day, um, it was violent because when you uppercut your opponent or uh, roundhouse kick, the blood would come out. And then mm-hmm. when you defeated the character, of course, you was able to kill him, do, commit, do a fatality. So when you look at that, you would think that, okay, kids would want to get into martial art arts so they could do moves like this. But, you know, even with Street Fighter, you would think the same thing. And there wasn't a rise in it. But they, but a lot of people feel like if you play a first-person shooter, you're going to become like a gun and know how to shoot stuff. I don't know how the connection works. But people think that. So, do you think that there are there have been some games that have kept people um, interested in playing it to make them feel like if they do this in the in real life that they can accomplish it? Uh, I feel like there's two questions there in terms of making people feel like they can do it in real life. I'm mm-hmm. I'm not certain because I agree, and I I don't even want to actually try to make the connection there because i don't think that it exists to your point i don't think that people play a shooter and go i want to shoot a gun i don't think that that's it um i but it's funny we we did when we were playing mortal kombat back in the day when we were young kids we'd go to the back forest and the the canadian woods and try to kick trees over and stuff like that (laughs) so that was a little silly um but i think the games that kind of kept the interest mature games that keep the interest of players there's got to be the one answer is call of duty I mean, there's the the side of it where there's a new Call of Duty every single year, but like it it is a violent game that constantly has people playing it over and over and over again. So there's this I don't know this some sort of like hit of dopamine that anytime you you kill somebody in the game in Call of Duty because they do it so so well the the gunplay and that is so great that people keep coming back for more. I think that's that's got to be like I, I challenge anybody to really come up with a more kind of whole whole. Um, all-encompassing answer than Call of Duty is keeping a violent game keeping people interested over the years. Well, a, a lot of people may say like Grand Theft Auto, you know, that people are just oh, there has been reports that I stand corrected. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yep. Some people feel like Grand Theft Auto, the reverse happened. Sure. Where you got to do all this crazy stuff and you're hijacking, you're doing all this crime, but you know not to do this crime in real life. You know, right. it doesn't it Good doesn't point. influence you to go out to be like, I'm a hijack a car. No, mm-hmm. you're seven years old. And why does your mama buy this game for you? <laughs> stuff? So, it's well, of like, course, the blurred line is when you start playing with other people in both of those examples, GTA, where it's like a living, breathing world already. And then it's like then you put real people mm-hmm. in the world in addition to everything else. Like, yeah, man, that's that's crazy. It's, we got to prepare our kids for this stuff. It, it's, it's, <laughs> it's weird because when I play Mario Kart, when I'm in traffic, sometimes you'd be like, I wish I had a red shield. <laughs> <Do you laughs> wanna, and it's, it's, I know some people are saying because they play so much Mario though. Kart, they've been able to drive better. But it's just like, well, what about Gran Turismo and Forza and stuff? Or RC Program and everything. It's just like, that doesn't make you like want to drive. Oh, it makes me want to drive. Oh, are you kidding me? When I play, I play a ton of Forza Horizon 3 in 2016, 2017. And yeah, man, I get into my car and I got a, I've got a standard and I'm like, oh, if only I had like a different car. (laughs) I like, I I place myself in a, in a better, faster, more fun car. And it absolutely does. I look at other cars on the road and I'm like, I want to be in that one. I want to work on for it. I have it. I need to work on it. I, I don't like the physics of it, like trying to turn and everything. Because sometimes when I turn, like my whole car spin around, just like, 
what do I need to fix this? Because <laughs> I can't win no races because, like, they gave me janky, like, car fixes. And I don't know why. Why you do Be- that, Microsoft? Because it's it's like real driving. We won't stop, stay on this for for long. Imagine if you are if you if you turn your wheel uh-huh. and then you just hit the gas. Like cars are not meant to be turning and accelerating at the same time. Yes, you kind of need to like balance back and forth. So uh, going forward or accelerating and braking, your wheels shouldn't be turned. So you actually want to do your braking before you turn the wheel. You brake and then you turn and then you kind of feather back and forth of like turning and accelerating through that turn. That's why you're spinning. But next time you're driving, think about it. You're not really like when you're doing a left-hand turn, you're yeah. not like peeling through that, man. You'll spin right out. You accelerate, you turn, and then you kind of let your, your car carry you through, and then you go on, man. Yeah, that's, I, that's I, the trick. I, I, I take my foot off. But see, that's the thing about it because when I'm doing the turn in Forza, I'm not on an accelerator. I'm just like, I, I don't even have her to break on. I'm like kind of like letting it free flow in a sense, yeah. like accelerate on its own but not not propelling for it and i just do a small little turn and my whole car almost spins around i'm not pressing no other buttons beside the, the diagonal uh all right we'll work on it man we'll work on it <laughs> <laughs> so um when a mature game uh deal with things in a smart way most players don't touch on them when god of war came out players felt it was the best story told did you think mature players are stopping to overlook these parts? Should they go back and recognize a great mature title they sidestep and found boring? Yeah, I'm trying to think of a game that maybe people would side. I feel like maybe Celeste might be another example of of a game people might not have really dove into the themes there. Um, but I think that's honestly, I feel like I wouldn't say one way or another that they mm. should or shouldn't go back because enjoying a game the way that you want to enjoy it is what makes games great and so whether or not you want to jump into a book club type of discussion after a game or not um i think it's just kind of the magic of all of this you can you can get into it you can explore the themes if not then then whatever but i guess your point is should somebody who maybe missed the point then go around talking about how bad this game is because it's kind of like well you didn't really get it so I think that depending on what the like gamers in general, I would say, no, you don't have to go back and, and go get it. But I think if you're going to like maybe publish an opinion on it, then then perhaps you should make sure that that you understand what you actually experienced, I guess, is kind of the question that you're asking. Well, well, yeah, it's <clears throat> me and my f- fellow friends on uh, Nurse Gone Road. We did a sporter cast, a uh, sporter cast of god of war like we just bought the game i beat it. we all beat it and we all had our discussion various opinions of liking it and not liking it uh things like that i think it's a great game um but i brought up story and i and i talked to the guys you know and i was telling them that you know a lot of people are just like oh the story is amazing the narrative is all this and i'm just like so you love god of war but you let the last guardian fail where the last where if we're talking about a theme of father and son as a relationship, the last guardian does relationship better from a Sony pers- from, from Sony's first party perspective, I should say, and you feel more attached to uh, Trico in that game, and yeah, you gotta you gotta struggle with him for from time to time, but. It feels good taking the sword, the knives out of him or the spears out of him and calming him down 
And like when he's coming to you and you're feeding him and just doing all of this stuff and seeing him jump in the water and taking a bath, it, it just feels so good in a sense. Sorry about that. Uh, it, it feels so good in that sense that God of War doesn't do it because you're hearing Kratos calling his own son boy so much. And I feel like there is never a level of acceptance by calling him boy. See, and this is where this man, this is crazy topic. Uh, I think it all depends on your experience in life and what you bring to the game as much as the game brings to you. Mm-hmm. So for for and the other aspect of this whole thing is that, in my opinion, The Last Guardian is is half unplayable. Uh, I don't think that that game plays well at all. And then I, I don't get to experience what it has to tell me because I don't actually want to play it. God of War that although I'm only five to ten hours into it, like I'm not I'm not that far into it. I am experiencing some of those moments mm-hmm. that that kind of hit me in a way that like I don't I don't even want to like say it because it uh, it sounds totally pretentious to say. No, but no, like say but it. like when you when you're a dad, like it's different. Like when you're just and and maybe and maybe if even if you're not, you can you can think about your relationship with your dad and thinking about like how like he did one thing, but maybe. Or he he said one thing, but maybe he was thinking another, or was always measuring every teachable moment, every experience, and then you sort of take that and multiply it by how intense this environment and situation is, where it's life or death, and like it it creates. I think it does an incredible job of making that totally extraordinary experience and and journey. Mm-hmm. It makes that relatable. It's like what what part of this is like is is relatable to my day to day like none of it this is totally extraordinary is death and and violence and everything like that and all of a sudden i'm thinking about like my relationship with my dad my relationship with my son teachable moments like what do you do to be to lead by example versus like i don't know acting out of your heart so the like so obviously you missed it but i wouldn't say ed go back and play it because you clearly missed it like it's not about that especially in this game it's a it's, it's more about like what did you bring to it from your own personal experience not a fault of the the game, game connecting it to you i don't think necessarily i think when it came to like narrative and people was talking about presentation i i kind of felt that i was looking at it kind of like all in the, like a whole general sense is that when when people said this is like one of the best narrative games to be looking at it and then you hear comments that, well, what about Final Fantasy VII or Final Fantasy IX? Well, I don't like to read. I don't like role-playing games. I'm just like, well, the same things that was in those games, you praise in God of War. Um, when it comes to presentation, y'all clown DMC Devil May Cry, even though the presentation is outstanding in the, in there. you know. It, it, and I guess I just felt like there's other games that I think God of War players have pointed out and praised because of the stuff was in God of War, yeah. but because they haven't came across from across those things to other games because they don't play them or anything, they feel like this is a new this is new to them when this stuff has been around. Yeah, yeah, I get I, that's a really good point, but I think it also raises the question of or the 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 point that what makes one game great doesn't make another game great, and the same goes for what game make one game bad doesn't make another game bad like you as much as that sounds like it should make sense that like uh 
this game is an open world and it does the, the living breathing world great mm-hmm. why doesn't that make other living breathing worlds great as well like it just doesn't you can't like translate or um transport that that uh easily that that black and white i don't think yeah. so i think that that that's worth saying because there's even games like like gone home which people will well, I think that game was great. It connected with me in a big way, but I understand why it doesn't connect with other people. So then do we say, spoilers, do all mystery love stories discovering where your daughter is uh, or the, the, that your sister is a lesbian, um, is that supposed to hit every single time? Like, not necessarily. So it's just a matter of, like, kind of carving out what it, – it's the entire experience that has to connect or not connect rather than saying – this is this makes sense over here so it has to make sense over there that doesn't hold that doesn't hold any water for me so anytime mm-hmm. somebody regardless of maturity of games if that's somebody's argument i i kind of tune out a little bit because you need something a little better than that well and, and i agree i do agree i think when it came to gone home um and it, it and i think it's for me it may be experiencing different genres and different yeah. things and coming into those so many times that sometimes it feels, um, when, like I asked in the second question, that it feels too predictable because it's taking to you the steps and leading to that conclusion in some things. So when it's people who don't talk about themes and stuff that really stands out because I give like Horizon Zero Dawn more praise than I do God of War because that game that game talked about diversity and actually talked about different things and it just felt like with God of War that it's that it tells a great narrative but at times it feels like a showpiece and showpiece Mm. as in you showed me all these graphical things and stuff and I understand that this journey is supposed to be meaningful and everything, but people got more meaning out of journey than they did probably out of God of War. And as much as you got out of narrative games, now that God of War is not popularity, but the talk of God of War has died down. Where's your talk about other narrative in games now? Mm-hmm. And it just seems that these people who were so about that narrative and great game, that all disappeared. So I'm like, are you going to seek out more games that do narrative? That's whether it's mature or not. Are you going to seek out more of that? Or are you just going to rest with God of War, claiming your game of the year and be done with it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. The funny thing that I, observation that I would make here is that we are talking about games that are, for the most part, nines and tens. Yes. So we're sort of like splitting hairs here, right? Like it's it's like I would almost rather kind of look at like what games miss the mark, like from a critical standpoint. So like it's almost like is it worth talking about the games that like okay, well you liked God of War, but you hate Gone Home, like. I just think that those are two totally different styles. So I'm not sure if there's games I can't. I'm trying to. I'm struggling off the top of my head to think of I, like I, maybe Beyond Two Souls or something like that that tries to go for something. I, I, that... would, I would actually say Iconoclast. Iconoclast deals with kind of like religion and ideology, and and because Celeste came out, uh, great both great uh, indie games. It's just it felt like people are not going to recognize Iconoclast for what it is. I sure. think what's going to happen is Iconoclast is going to come. It's, it is coming to Switch. 
people are going to recognize more of that game and its greatness and its themes on Switch. When it feels like it's too late for you guys to recognize it, but I hope that you do recognize it if you get it on this platform. Yeah. You know, so. And and I agree with you. I completely agree with you. So, don't feel bad. <laughs> this this is why I do optional opinion, because that open no, discussion. No, th- it got me thinking, man. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's that fair open di- discussion. Um, yeah, man. So, great sales and great content are separate arguments. How do you explain this about boring, mature games? And I'm going to give an ex- a example. Uh, great sales um, could be uh, 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 Tom Clancy, uh, Ghost Recon, Wildlands, but it doesn't really have great content. It's really a, uh, it's a washing machine of a game. Uh, rinse, cycle, repeat. Like you, everything that you do in the first area, you do out the whole game. Where Titanfall Two have has great content in the story and its fighting and sound and everything, but it didn't do great sales. Mm-hmm. Even though one seems boring, the other one seems entertaining. So, like. How do you explain about this? Like, how do you Man, go about this? I need to kind of like redefine. I feel like I just redefine all the questions. Um, no, go ahead. So, so because I think like like with re, uh, Ghost Recon or games like that, I don't even think necessarily that it's boring. Like you're talking about how much content is in it. Equating a lot of content with boring or exciting, I don't think is accurate. I think, uh, especially with Recon, sure there might not be like a ton of story there or 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 content but i think that there's a ton to do and i think the game sells a lot because it taps into that thing in our lizard brain they're like i want to do that again and i want to do it again and again and again and again and it's like this it's like the old arcade days where i just want to keep pumping quarters into this thing because i just want to keep experiencing this over and over even though it's totally empty calories so i don't necessarily think that a game has to have like like totally thick with content in order for it to generate sales and i don't denounce games that manage to do that either if they're able to to tap into that thing that makes people want to do it again gameplay loop to me is like hugely satisfying like to have that thing that like this is the entirety of the game and it feels great and it's fun and it's challenging it's kind of like every time i I go up to a new level it creates a new challenge like that's just basic and fundamentally great game design so i don't i don't equate a ton of content with boring or exciting i i just it's different angles that i would or dimensions that i would look at uh game design through yeah it's i think sometimes uh definitely when me used to working at toys r us and dealing with customers that you tell them even though this game might not have great sales the content is, is is fabulous. It's great. They'd be like, "Well, not many, not many people are playing this, so it's boring, and I don't care about it." And it's mm-hmm. just like you already judged it because it didn't have great sales. Mm-hmm. Even though it's, it's M-rated, you was looking for the popular M-rated games. And if I'm selling this idea to you, and you just denounce it, just throw it away. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just like, well, what are you looking for? If you mm-hmm. claim a, if you claim a game that has great, uh, if you feel like a great a game don't have great sales, and and even though the content is great, you just find that boring. So, are you going by numbers and popularity? Because if you are going about that, 
then I think for me personally, you're missing on a lot of great games. Well, sometimes it's like a, it's almost like an entry. I always call it like an on-ramp. Sometimes you need an mm-hmm. on-ramp either into a game or even into a set of games. And so like, it's almost like McDonald's, like McDonald's is the number one selling restaurant in the world. And it's like, yes. there's nothing like culinary. There's no culinary greatness there. Although I think some people might argue otherwise. And I'm a huge fan of McDonald's. Um, <laughs> I'm going to tell you right like, now, they brought a uh, two cheeseburger combo back. And I got that oh today. my goodness. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> but like, I think we can all agree that there are, there are more uh, satiating and nutritious options yes. but they don't sell as well as mcdonald's and i think games are very similar where you have something like fortnite which is the obvious example here that is making 500 million dollars a month and for a lot of people who just don't want to get into the heavy heavy stuff they just want to have a little snack of fortnite and they can that's their whole thing then that's great and i think that there are these games that are larger than life pac-man or super mario or things that like get you in the door because it is definitely like we take this for granted. We've been playing games for so long, but we've yes. taken for granted that we've done all of the steps to get to a game like God of War, the new God of War or The Last of Us or any of these more mature, uh, these adult themed games. We've done all the things already. We've taken the journey. We've taken the steps to get to the point where we can appreciate it, where other people are at the point of like, aren't games just games? Like what? Like people, if we talk to people, maybe like I know if I talk to my family about my deep appreciation of love for games, they'd be like, you mean like, like Super Mario or Street Fighter? Like those are that, that there's nothing there. There's nothing to it. Yes. So I think it's just a matter of going along that journey and, and taking little bites along the way to merge all of my analogies here, Ed. Yeah. I think sometimes like a game that doesn't have great sales, but have great content could be a guilty pleasure for some people. I, I Max Payne three is a great game. <laughs> Didn't have yeah, great man. sales, but it's a, it's a guilty pleasure of mine. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's the best game that rockstar has ever released. Mm-hmm. So I think that grand Theft Auto five has so, so tons of it. I don't think that game has any kind of great content. It has great sales, mm-hmm. but it's just like, if y'all would have only gave Remedy the chance, I think it was Remedy at the time. If you only let not for them- three, it would have been Rockstar. I think Rockstar took over at three. Of but speaking of Remedy, Quantum Break is my example for that. Of great content, great game, uh-huh. no sales. Like what the heck, man? People yes. are just there are so many other factors to that too. It was cool to hate on Xbox, especially at that point. Which I so. got, which I'm looking forward to control. Yeah, looks good. Looks exactly uh, like Quantum Break. Dude. Exactly. I thought it was the sequel to Quantum like, Me too. Uh-huh, Me too. Wait. So, um, this is a personal one for you. Uh, as a father, do you become excited for your child to play mature games? Excited to play? No, I am. I am excited to. I guess even just kind of looping back to my last talk about uh, the journey that we all go on. I'm mm-hmm. excited to. to take him along that journey with games. Um, <laughs> we had a 3DS in his hands for the first time just last week and he was playing Dr. Mario. So that's kind of like where, <laughs> that's kind of where it starts. But um, I am very, like, I, I don't, I just don't know what the right answer is for a lot of this stuff. And I, I feel like that's just the, the, that's just parenting. Mm-hmm. You just don't know what the right answer is. There probably is an age that is far too young to be playing doom. And it was probably the age that I was playing doom to be honest with you, like Doom and Wolfenstein, like I should not have been stabbing German shepherds in the face when I was five years old or whatever, or five, six, seven years old. Yes. Like that was just not correct. So like 
for me, it's really conflicting because I know that I did that and I know that I shouldn't have. And that's the whole thing that we talked about before is maybe that's why I found it so satisfying is because somebody told me you shouldn't be doing that. So I got away with doing it and it was like, oh man, that this is so much fun. And that's why people are trying to keep it away from me. So it's that whole thing. Um, I'm excited to have, I'll say this. I'm excited to have like next level car. If this is what Lincoln is into when he grows up, I'm excited to have conversations like this with my son. Like that to me is like, that is so freaking exciting. And yes. whether it's movies or TV or whatever, like I would love for him to, to be in into something as deep as I'm into video games. Like if he's into space or whatever, he's into rocks, like, or whatever, I'm excited to have him dive deep into something and have these types of conversations with my son. Did you think that um, him playing when he hit 17? Let's go. Let's go with the age of 17. <laughs> yeah, and, right. And if, if he's into games, because he's a teenager and he could be uh-huh. into different things, can you see him playing something like the Mass Effect trilogy compared to Call of Duty? nine black ops or something around that time he grows up like would you be like i wonder okay you like mature games i wonder if you if you play mass effect it's kind of retro because you know it's gonna be a while before he gets 17 mm-hmm. if he could play mass effect and get those kind of things and find that interesting or will he find that boring compared to him playing the latest n-rated game that man that's a, that's a good question i think that there are especially with mass effect in mind there are some aspects of it that just don't age at all mm-hmm. but others that that will be timeless like there are like like legend of zelda um some games are just timeless in their control and in their in their appeal so i'm trying to think of something like mass effect i feel like even when it launched any of them one two or three or especially andromeda you play and you're like this feels a little old like it felt like They've been working on so many different things that they couldn't quite polish every aspect to it. So I hope that he can maybe look past that as much as I look past a lot of that in Dragon Age Origins when I played that probably five or six years after it was released. And like my first reaction, man, I wish I would have filmed it because I was playing it and my character's running along. And I I said out loud, like not streaming or like anybody in the room, I don't know why I said this out loud. I was like, oh, this is going to be rough. Like it just looked bad and it it just – it, it, it was rough. So, but I got past it. Now, fast forward another almost 20 years. I'm not sure. I mean, fast forward even five years, dude. Like, even if he's playing a game like Dragon Age or, or Mass Effect or Fallout or whatever, when he's seven years old, yeah, it's a different time, dude. So who knows? I don't know. I don't know if, if kids are taking the same journeys. Like, so by seven, seven years old, have they have they learned to criticize in the way that we've all learned to criticize games? I don't think that that part changes. I think you still have to kind of exercise that muscle of identifying something as being good or bad, or like maybe it's just as simple as this isn't on my touchscreen. Maybe that'll be the sticking point. Would you want to, and we're going to go on to the next question, because I know we're getting closer to the end. Would you want to test his emotions with a mature gang? So would you like to see how does he react with, Hellblade, so on the sacrifice versus him reacting to the intro of Ori the Blind Forest. I think uh to see to see his how he reacts and his emotions. Man, you really holy crap, you really just kinda like threw me there with that second example with Ori um or or Senua's sacrifice. So here I'll say this. Um Ori, I think I would I would think I would let I think I would just put it in front of him and say play this. 
and I would kind of see like what happens because I do feel like that opening as, as heart wrenching as it is, it does play a little bit more like a Pixar movie, like where like up or something like that. Um, but Seno's sacrifice, I think needs a bit more of a conversation regardless of age, if he's seven or 15 or 25 or whatever it is like a game like that. I think, I don't know why. And maybe, maybe I should explore this a little more in my mind where maybe both needs a conversation first. Um, but I, I would want to test it, but I don't want to just kind of like throw him off the edge and see if he swims kind of thing. Like yes. I, I do maybe teach him how to swim before throwing him off into the deep end. So I'm excited to experience that with him. But no, I think the short answer is, is no, I don't want to just like <laughs> go play this really heavy experience and let's just see what happens. Like that could be, could be scarring, man. Like I don't, I don't think that, I just think it's everything deserves conversation, whether it's a movie or a book mm-hmm. or whatever. We should be chatting about it like this is what this one's about. Like this – you played Mario last week. He, this is what um, psychosis is like. Ooh. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're going to move on then. Uh, E-rated games tend to last longer in, in discussion more over mature titles. Do you agree or disagree? Um, I uh, – man – I don't know. E-rated games tend to last longer in discussion more than mature talk. I don't think so, man. I think that E-rated games, this is going to be a totally, I'm, I'm trying to like provide a layered answer to what, what is sort of, you're leading me into a, a paint them all with the same brush type of response here. But my, my, my initial reaction to this question is E-rated games tend to be a little bit more, I don't even want to say it, a little more shallow. There obviously are examples of, deeply themed and, and great experiences that are that are for everyone mm-hmm. but i think sometimes what makes something more mature makes them have more discussion points and th- again that doesn't apply for all of them either yes uh, duke nukem super mature m rated game you don't really have a whole lot to talk about with that one but in the in i think as people have heard our conversation this afternoon you kind of get a sense that some have more discussion points than other, which makes them be part of the zeitgeist a little bit more. Now, I man, there's obviously other examples, but like Fortnite is not necessarily E, but it's also not blood and guts. So, and it seems to be part of the conversation for a long time too. I would say that uh, when it comes to top ten lists or top lists of all time. I think mm-hmm. there's more E-rated games and maybe some team over mature. I think if you do mature games, there's an expectancy of titles to be on there. And if I if I could challenge people to, okay, write a top 20 game list that is mature that nobody would guess that's on that list. So Grand Theft Auto can't be on there. Mass Effect can't be on there. God of War can't be on there. Devil May Cry can't be on there. Like these known titles and stuff, Battlefield, Call of Duty, all of that stuff, that can't be on there. Can you name 20 games? Don't do it now. But can you do you think people can name maybe 10 or 20 games that is that you wouldn't believe that's more mature? That's, that would be on that list. And that's the conversation people would have. Like, But if you'd be like, well, can you do the same thing for E-rated games? People would probably be like, uh, yeah. In fact, I could do E-rated games that's not even on a Nintendo console. And that probably would carry a whole discussion that would be unexpected. 
that but is yet it's easy i mean i don't know man like i think of like god of war or uh, call of duty modern war modern warfare 4 is up there i think the last of us is definitely up there i think half-life is definitely up there like right off the top of my head there's like are are within the top 10 i think reasonably dragon age origins top 10 like some of the best games ever mm-hmm. made um a lot of a lot of D based stuff um Baldur's Gate, Super Mature, I think that could be up in somebody's top 10, top 20 games of the year. So I think it goes back and forth, man. I think it just depends. I don't think you can make blanket statements like this. Mm, that's interesting. Because I, 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 mm. <laughs> I'd like, be like, well, what about... Like, Uncharted, man. All, you keep going. See, Uncharted, would be, Uncharted be, would, would be too easy on that list. But what if you talked about games like Vanquish? You know, well, it's not. It's not a good game, but <laughs> it's, it's not. Ir- like, but not it's great. Ir- no, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say not a good game. It's not a. It's not a top tier, best of all time game. Like that's not part of the conversation. Well, yeah, but that would be on a. I think that would be on a list that nobody suspected. I think Persona is another game. Persona Four. Yes. Very very mature in themes. One of the best games ever crafted. Absolutely. I, so I would say Persona Three Fast. Well, four. Oh snap. There you go. They they need to remake for it because I I have it on. I'm shocked it hasn't been, dude. That's crazy. Okay, can you please preach? Come on, Pastor Shaw. Yeah, preach. Man. Well, I haven't I haven't finished five yet. I'm I'm 25 hours into that, and I don't Same. remember what's going on. I think it's Same. been a year and a half since I played it. Same here. <laughs> it stays on my like it stays next to my PlayStation. Like I've got most of my things kind of like put away, uh-huh. but um, near Automata and and Persona Five are my two PlayStation games that are sitting there like. Just pick it up. Just play it. Just it's right there. Don't as soon as I put it away, then it's really done. But they've been sitting they've been sitting next to the TV for, for a long time, man. Okay. Well, we're gonna get into the last question because we're close to the end of the show. Um if this is the first this is a I wanna I really cannot wait to hear your answer to this one. Um last but not least, what do publishers and developers need to do to avoid making boring mature games? What boundaries would you like to see pushed? So let's tackle the first one. What do publishers, developers need to do uh, to avoid making a boring, mature game? I think they need to. It's almost like avo- they need to avoid bad writing. I think they need to. They need to hire the best minds in in lore development and storytelling in order for them to convey that the mature themes that they're exploring are actually worth exploring, or the 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 blood and guts are actually contextualized. So they need to avoid tropes and and surface level type of storytelling in order for for people to really connect and uh, and kind of just they need to avoid repeating the same mistakes as as the past where we've got maybe two narrowly defined characters or uh, like like Duke Nukem is my just totally. Uh, he's my classic example mm. of something that you just you just don't do that. We need <laughs> I don't know if you end up having like how do they do Duke Nukem in the style of like what God of War has done, where like how like does he get a son? Does he like like maybe he met a a lady of the night that he married and he had a had a baby <laughs> in like he matured. Um, yeah, bad writing I think is is the key. Uh, although man I don't know because I look at. No, that actually that game has good writing too. In the Injustice games, like the new like where Mortal Kombat yeah. ended up going, and um, and the Injustice like with DC and stuff, great writing, great lore. So that actually reaffirms my instinct that yes, I think it all has to do with writing and atmosphere and context. I 
500% agree with you. Like, like the writing has to be top notch. I, mm-hmm. I just, I, I, that for me, writing and uh, art has to be. Mm-hmm. I think you can't have, not saying that you can't have realistic graphics, but I think the art, I think art, there are so many options to do. I think with your writing and a good art style putting the work into it, whether it's appealing or not to other people, I think if it flows and looks good, it might interest some people into picking up the game. And if it has great writing and storytelling to it, 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 I think it's going to be a hit mature game. Probably not mm-hmm. by many, but I think it, it could do something. You know. Yeah, man. So, uh, what boundaries would you like to see push? Hmm. Man, this is why I don't make games. I don't know what. I don't know what boundaries I want to see push. Like I, I feel like we're in a lot of ways we're not pushing any boundaries anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like it's just this. We we have a newfound safe space but also not so safe space where a lot of people are going to be triggered by a lot of different things like even with um the last of us trailers a lot of people are very upset with what they're showing in the trailers and the the middle ground that i will land on in that is that they should at least have a warning like they 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 kind of have those last of us two trailers and it's like in the middle of a conference and like everything else is going great and all of a sudden somebody's getting disemboweled and again their their limbs or their bones shattered with a hammer um so i think but i like i because I sort of I, I remember in the late '90s, early 2000s, like remember like the Eminem era, the Marilyn Manson era, yes. where they they or they even slipped. Like I related a lot to to music and movies, where people were pushing the boundaries almost just for the sake of pushing the boundaries. And while that can seem a little bit uh, exploitive or opportunistic, I almost wish maybe there was something like that in games where just just pushing it just for the sake of pushing it just to see like what happens afterwards. Yeah. Like, you don't you don't really progress i think in maybe maybe i'm walking this statement back because i I do think naughty dog is is pushing things forward without doing it for the sake of being violent or or mature um i don't know dude i don't know what the answer to this question is what boundaries would i like to see pushed i just i just want to play great games like i don't i don't know um i i've mentioned this before and please don't take no offense to this or anything i think uh, you know, well, anxiety. I think anxiety uh, should be touched, like mental health, more mental health stuff. I kind of would like to see what happens when a publisher and developer handles rape, in a sense, and the way that people, people, some of the college kids and stuff, they they have created this crime, this act, and it felt like they got a slap on the wrist. And I wonder how how would a developer and publisher be able to treat that, but and work a story without kind of mentioning, but hint it here and there until the end of the game. And it mm-hmm. don't have to even be graphic graphical that you see it, but they'd be like, "Wow, they touched on that. They touched on that subject matter in a creative way that it may seem that it went over the head, but they touched upon it." And it kind of it might resonate with somebody. It might it might they might get offended and they put the controller down and be upset and stuff. But at least they went that boundary. Not saying that this would ever happen, but they they touched upon it and they treat it in a way that if I presented this to other adults who who yell about about 
this culture and about this when women should dress up and this stuff. I'm like, you know what? Play this and get an idea from that character's perspective of what they went through and how they feel. And you might understand why why I'm telling my story or I relate to this because I've somewhat similar in a way went through this stuff. Just using that example, not saying that actually mm-hmm. that actually happened to me. But someone might be like, I went through the similar thing and I struggled with it, but I this kind of somewhat reminded me, but I was able to get through it. And if you are someone who have this viewpoint, maybe this game that pushed this boundary may actually help you understand and change your viewpoint in a creative way. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess I would, what I, and maybe this is sort of along the same lines, but just a, Different theme. I I would like to see games push the boundaries on relationships a little bit more. Like, I think that that's already kind of happening, so that's kind of why it wasn't the first thing to come to mind. But I do feel like games have a unique opportunity to explore explore relationships and the complexities of what what connects us all or what maybe drives us all apart. Um, There's a better opportunity with games than certainly with movies. And I do feel like that's why television, like TV shows or whatever we're calling, like Netflix series – is it weird to call it TV shows? Like we, everybody knows what we mean. I mean, they do call them uh, TV shows because they you know sell what I mean. Them, they still yeah. met Target as TV shows, so why not? Good point. Yeah, so it's because you have a longer format to explore what happens when this happens and like things play out. So yeah, just more more exploration on on what binds us and what drives us apart, dude. Yes. Well, Sean, thank you for coming on the show to have this discussion. Um. I want to kind of know what you guys think about uh, do mature games seem are kind of getting boring to you? If they're not getting boring to you, I, I really want to know. You guys can email the show at myup2comments at yahoo.com. Sean, plug. Ed. <laughs> Thanks, man. Well, thank you for having me on, dude. This was you like great questions, great topics, man. I'm, I'm very honored to have been part of of this particular chat, man. I feel like this was just perfect. So, um, yeah, people can follow me on Twitter, Sean Capri, of course, Sean, like Connor Capri, like the pants. And honestly, dude, like I'm really proud of the Xbox drive. Like it is so much fun. It's like completely the opposite of this. (laughs) It's total nonsense. Thank you for answering my question that I presented to you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. No, it was great. And, um, yeah, of course I record that on a Skype call with my friend, Dave, Dave Moore, and uh, that shows up every Thursday on your podcast feeds. Uh, we the Gamer Cast is where where you and I first connected. I talk to strangers on the internet. Uh, it comes on Mondays. Uh, podcast at youtube.com slash we the nerdy. And then if we run Nintendo, which is with Jason Lacey, and that's also on on Wednesdays on podcast. We do it live though Monday nights. So if we run Nintendo, we the Gamer Cast and the Xbox Drive. All right, that's probably enough, right? Oh no, that's that's great. <laughs> that's that's superb uh and you guys can follow me on twitter at that retro code you can also check out nurse gone rogue where i also have content um i do nintendo pop block with Corey derrick and uh jesse douglas i also do arsenal x uh ngr radio's xbox podcast i also do world one one podcast with Larry giver so you guys can check all our content at nurse gone rogue on youtube and at ngrradio.com and with that everybody Thank you, Sean, for joining the show and uh, having this open discussion. That's what I love. So, Thank you, man. With that, everybody, we will see you, and we are out. Bye.
All right, that's it. That, that was great, man. Thank you so much. That was a that was an odd man. How do you come up with all those questions, dude? That's great. Uh, practice. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's awesome. I love it. Well, thank you so much, man. All right. Yeah, I got not go to get my sister. You probably got linked to go. 